Hello and welcome to According to John. <laughs> Keep going, man. Today, Here we go. <laughs> today is a great day. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about how fear and doubt trips up the best of us. Yeah. One of the great, great men of the Bible had a little rough spell there. Yeah, he had issues. Yeah. Talk about Abraham. Abraham, right? Abraham, how he gives away his wife to another man. What is up with that? Yeah, yeah. Not quite gave her away. He just uh, went well, no, he, at the edge of it. Yeah. So he loaned her out, and God yeah, said, yeah. Uh, Abraham, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, the great man of faith. In Hebrews 11, the father of the Jewish people believed God and, 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 and trusted him and sacrificed so much, and yet, had feet of clay, did something really, really foolish. Right. Hey, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to get started. Brother, if you will open us in prayer. Father, thank you for opportunity to share the Word of God uh, through technology. Pray that you'll bless those who hear uh, your message today. Anoint uh, John and myself to share it with humility, with joy, happiness, and fun, uh, that it would just land in the hearts of people. Help them to be strong. Help them to grow. Help them be corrected. Help them to have a greater vision and to stand strong and bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're in Genesis chapter 20, excuse me, and the whole chapter of Genesis, which by the way, let me just point out real quick, if you're watching this on video, uh, Duke and I showed up today, <laughs> dude, what are the odds in the exact same shirt? And I thought, <clears throat> well, I could change, uh, but I'm not going to because well, guys, this is just real life and what we really do, and nothing really gets planned. <laughs> well, my wife bought this for me. I wouldn't, I, I don't, I can't, I have no taste when it comes to clothes. Well, I knew and when, I, so. when I knew when I saw you in the shirt, I knew you didn't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not the new, uh, according to John uniform. <laughs> this is hilarious. Oh, it's kind of scary, John. It is. Let's get back into the scriptures. <laughs> okay, so we're going to do Genesis chapter 20. Isn't it interesting, John, that the Holy Spirit would write a whole chapter in the Bible, the eternal word of God, about a great man, but it wasn't a great time for him. But lessons learned. And I, yeah. I draw strength from this chapter because uh, I've had some high moments, but, you know, uh, still without Jesus We'll screw everything up. Yeah, so here's what we find out about Abraham in this chapter, and we're, and we're going to read it and talk about it. In this chapter, what we find is uh, Abraham is a man of God, a great man of God, and he has, I mean, he, he has, he's the father of many nations, yeah. and yet just stumbles on stupid here. Yeah, yeah, just uh, has a lapse. He, he had, God had spoken to him about the impossible uh, way early, well, he's 75 years old, and he, he believed God. And the Bible says it was counted unto him as righteousness, and he sacrificed with his wife mm -hmm. to leave Ur the Chaldees. I mean, it was a cushy place to live, and he was like an elder in the city. He was on he top He was the man. Him. Yeah, and so he leaves all that behind, and Sarah follows yeah. him in submission. They go out, and God's bragging on him, and there's, there's victories, and... There was this whole thing about Sodom and Gomorrah where he was he was uh, kind of bartering with God and the angels like, will you spare Sodom? I mean, this guy has clout with God. Yeah. And he's, he's a really, really great guy. Yeah, well, even here in Genesis 18.22 where he has uh, for, for Sodom, right? It says, the men turn away from there and went towards Sodom, but Abraham still stood before the Lord. Abraham came near and said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? 
Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city, and would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? I mean, he stood before the Lord and stood for the pure people. heart, pure heart, compassion. Yeah. Uh, and then how about 40? How about 30? How about 10? Yeah, as he goes down, it's just, uh, he should have kept going lower. <laughs> <laughs> Three, one. Right? He should have got way down. But, but the fact is, he stood, God told him what was going to happen. And then he stood before God, between God and the people, and pleaded on their behalf. This is a strong spot. He's doing the right thing with the right heart attitude. But you see, God's not finished with Abraham. He's right. he, God wants Abraham to really get to know God more and more and more. And the Bible says, think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you. as so though some strange thing had happened unto you. So God takes him from victory in, in chapter 19. And now chapter 20, he's going to be tested again. And uh, he doesn't do as good in chapter 20. <laughs> he doesn't. Okay. Look, I think about, I'm going to read, I'm going to read chapter 20 and then we'll just discuss it as we go. Let's, let's do it. Okay. So for me, um, I have a warrior spirit. I mean, I, I have, I, I know that right, right. <laughs> he ain't lying. I have a warrior spirit within me. So when I read this, that, that he just freely hands his wife over to another man because of his fear, he's kind of being tested. If I'm not mistaken, there's a little bit of famine going on. And so he's trying to just kind of get away from that and be in a safe spot without evidence that he, he asked God for leadership. So he's kind of doing things on his own. The right. Bible says, lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. And so he was kind of straying from that a little bit. You know, you know God helps those that help themselves is not a Bible verse. Okay. Right, right. So I see <laughs> a lot of people think it is. He goes down and, and he runs into Abimelech and uh, who's the king of this area. And uh, he faces a trial. Yeah. His wife, Sarah, is a very beautiful woman. Very beautiful. And it's interesting. The Holy Spirit points that out right. uh, uh, numerous times in Scripture about certain gals. Yeah, she's desirable. And it, it, it does have something to play here. And so he shows up, and he, he kind of needs a lodging. He need, he, he's leaving here because of a famine and trouble, and I, I, need, it, I need some help. And, of course, now, and, and we know he's not in his own land now. Yeah. So, so, and that's where the fear comes in because he's in a foreign land. And, and we'll pick up here in 21. It says, And Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. So not, we know where he's at, but, but he's in a foreign land, if you will, because he's in another man's kingdom. Now Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, She is my sister, and Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. So instead of Abraham going, This is my wife. I'm going to fight for my wife. He says, wait a minute, they'll kill me for you. So just lie and say that I'm your brother. That'll keep me alive. Yeah, you're going to go lay with another man. I'll accept that, but it'll keep you alive as well. He, he thinks of the worst case scenario. He's, Immediately. He's passing judgment on this Abimelech guy. Oh, he's going to take my wife. She's beautiful. And he's, when he's ungodly. He's going to kill me and he's going to uh, take her to be his wife. And all this craziness is going through his mind and he's believing his own craziness and he's acting upon it yeah. and you know Isn't it crazy what we can talk ourselves into yeah yeah and this is guy's got a pretty good track record so far but this is something a, a day that he wished never would have happened so he's kind of in the wrong place yeah. for the wrong reasons and he's facing a little bit of a, a situation here he 
he judges this uh, king Abimelech to be way more wicked than what Abimelech was. And and the reality is Abimelech is more righteous than Abraham in yeah. this in this situation. Yeah, yeah, Abimelech is it turns out to be kind of the better of the two. So uh, can, so we can we say don't judge a king by his robe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Or I'd say fear and doubt trips up the best of us is even fear, better. Fear and doubt trips up the best of us. Yeah, that's right? Johnny's title for this chapter. I think it's awesome. But here he is. Uh, he he's he's being tested. It's it's a faith situation, and his faith has flown out the window. Yeah. And now he's like yeah. trying to maneuver and gain position and leverage. And I'll say this, but it mm-hmm. oh it, it's not it's it's she's my sister which I'll let you pick up here. All right, so here we are, verse 2 of chapter 20, Genesis chapter 20. It says, Abimelech sees Sarah and then takes Sarah, but Abraham already says, it's my sister. Sarah says, he's my brother. So Abimelech's cool. I'm going to take this woman because the king can take whoever they want. So then we pick up in 3, but God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Okay, if I have a dream and God says you're a dead man, that's a nightmare. It, uh, <laughs> it got Abimelech's attention, didn't it? it yeah, I, we're going to say it woke him up. Yeah, And he's an innocent guy here. He hasn't done anything he's wrong. He's done nothing wrong. And in verse 4 it says, But Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she, even she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. This is probably my favorite part about this. Because Abimelech says, in the pureness of all that I am, Mm -hmm. this was innocently done. I did not know that she was married I have been deceived. I've been lied to. Been lied to. <laughs> You've been lied to. <laughs> See, Abimelech has no clue that this is Abraham. You know, we're thinking, hey, this is Abraham, father of the Jewish people. Abraham's the man. Well, Abimelech doesn't know that. Know Just stranger from Pittsburgh, my dad would say. <laughs> <laughs> Just shows up, man. It's got a pretty sister. <laughs> right. Stranger from Pittsburgh. Uh, well, that's it. Yeah, you got a pretty sister. I can take her. She's yeah, mine. I can yeah. have whoever I want, which yeah. I also find interesting. That the king is like, bring her to me. Okay. <laughs> I mean, everybody's like, or oh, here you go, king, whatever you want. That was uh, acceptable, and that's how things rolled, and especially in pagan lands. Right. But it's interesting. He was in a pagan land, but, boy, when God spoke to him, he listened, and he, he had a good heart. Not only did he listen, but when God spoke, this tells me that this isn't the first time he's talked to God. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Because when, when God spoke— we don't read where Abimelech was shocked. <clears throat> we don't read where, well, who's this? We don't see, I mean, you know, remember when Samuel was going to Eli? Didn't know the Lord's voice. He didn't know the Lord's voice. And so he'd go and, he, and, and he'd say, here I am. And, and of course, he, uh, uh, Eli would tell Samuel, that's not me. Go back to bed. And then he'd come back. And then the third time, finally, Eli was like, oh, okay, I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. The Lord speaking to you, when he speaks, you listen. We don't see that here. Just He just gets it. He gets it. He hears the voice. He knows immediately who it is because, uh, you know, God speaks to him in a dream. And then in verse 4, Abimelech had uh, not come near her. And he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? He, There's a relationship going on here, man. Mm-hmm. And I love yeah. that, right? 
And he even says, look, you can check my heart, man. Is it clean, pure, and with integrity? Verse 5, did he not say to me, uh, and she even, she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. If he would have laid with Sarah, God says that would have been a sin against God. Mm -hmm. That brings another point. When we sin, we can only sin against a righteous person. And so every time we sin, it is a sin against God. Mm -hmm. And he has an awareness of this. And I, I find it in, in the text, I know you're going to read another verse, but uh, we just kind of went through this uh, in preparation. And it just overwhelms me how that he has a right heart attitude, mm -hmm. which is huge. A lot of times in our battle, with, well, you know, we, we underestimate the power of just having a right heart to God. Right. And yet that's our, that's our power position. Uh, Lord, renew my, uh, you know, we're, we're renewed in the inner man day by day. I wake up in the morning. I don't need to get saved again, but I rededicate each morning. Lord, uh, without you, I can do nothing. I just want to have the right heart attitude today. Search now, my heart. But, but here's, here's what you, the key of what you just said. Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Search my heart, oh Lord. Yeah. And, and he does. And so I find kind of coming into this uh, verse, into this text, this guy's kind of got a pretty good heart. He could have just taken her in and, you know, if it was just the lust of the flesh, a pretty girl shows up, he pulls her into the harem. He's, he's with her that night. That was, was not at all uncommon in that time of the world. But we know months have went by here. Yeah. The, the, this the is last, a time period. The last uh, verse, uh, verse 18 of this chapter shows that this was probably maybe a, a two to six month period mm -hmm. of time. And so I, I see here that God was kind of protecting Abimelech too. And he didn't even really understand right. what was going on. But the natural thing is that he would have laid with her, uh, well, but, dude, he, but he didn't. Obviously he would have, because when he looked at her, she was attractive. Yeah. And, and here's, here's what I see here is God wasn't messing around in verse three. Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken for. She is a man's wife. If you lay with her, I will destroy you. Yeah, you're a dead man. You're dead meat, dude. <laughs> it's not like God's going to spank him. God's going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, he's going down in flames. And in, in the text, it gives a little bit of a connection to the, to the nation. Mm -hmm. As goes the king, so goes the nation. Right. And uh, there was some judgment of God kind of going on in the meantime. It says at the last verse, for the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because Sarah, Abraham's wife, and he didn't even um, sin with her. Right. And yet God's kind of got the nation on hold. I'll bless those who bless the Jew. I'll curse those who curse the Jew. And so there's a lot more going on in this text than what first meets the eye. Yeah, because unbeknownst to Abimelech, and and to be truthful, Abraham doesn't really care at this point. Not, not only does he not know, he doesn't really care because he's already... Uh, been deceitful, lying, misrepresenting. I mean, you know, jeopardizing his wife's uh, jeopardizing his wife for his own his own skin. So obviously Abraham doesn't care, but Abimelech is like, I'm totally innocent, and my whole nation now has been literally shut off for something I did ignorantly. Did, yeah, yeah. 
but uh, God's a righteous judge, and the righteous judge sees through this. I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry, but that also takes us back to God understands when our heart's innocent. It doesn't mean that, that what we do is excused out of innocence because God warns us, which takes us back to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. When you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit of God lives within us. When the Holy Spirit of God lives within us, the Holy Spirit does what God does in this dream. The Holy Spirit does in our heart and our mind, mm-hmm. convicts us. I have in the notes here uh, something I really learned from this chapter. As I, as I see the chapter, read it. We're walking through it, but you back off and you see God was in the details. God was willing to get his hands dirty. Yeah. Uh, Abraham's straying off course, but God's still there out in front of him. Whither shall I flee from thy spirit? And uh, he's, he's out of bounds now a little bit. Uh, and Abimelech's innocent and could have really been hurt, but he had a right heart attitude. And so there's just, it's just so human. There's just so easily we can be led astray. He starts bowing to his fears. His faith flies out the window. He's going to get his faith back and do other righteous things. This wasn't going to be the prevailing spirit of Abraham, failure, 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 but failure, lesson learned. And you said, you know, for Abraham, he was out of bounds a little bit. Abraham willingly ran out of bounds. He did. Abimelech innocently went out of bounds, and yet God is going to put both of them back in play and hold them accountable for being out of bounds and And teach them the rules again. And I know you're going to bring this up in the next few verses, but these guys have a little bit of a conflict going on, and and Abraham's guilty, not Abimelech. And uh, it's going to be very interesting as you look at this text, how uh, God is going to hold uh, both of them responsible. Uh, and each man is equally uh, has stature and importance. Mm-hmm. God had called Abraham for something way bigger than what Abimelech even knows about. And yet God's going to hold them both re- responsible. And uh, they have a tough time. But as the chapter ends and they go on their own way, they connected man to man and things were made right. Right. And Abraham kind of leaves, I think, a little bit with his tail between his legs. Cause and, well, and he's still so proud and uh, defiant in a way. I mean, not defiant. Bit, yeah, 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 a little bit. I guess he is because he's holding on to his pride to justify a sin. Yeah. Well, read or, on because. Uh, all right, here we go. You you gave the result of the verse. We didn't read the verse yet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Here we go. We cheated. Right? Just went through this a little bit ago. <laughs> verse seven. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. Let me jump in here just for a second. Yes. And, uh, because this is powerful. God's talking to Abimelech, this man's a prophet. And Abimelech's like, really? <laughs> not acting like a prophet. <laughs> he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's he's a lion sack of poo-poo. <laughs> right? Yeah. First off, he's a prophet. He's your man. He lied to me. He deceived me. Mm-hmm. And and for being a godly man, he set my nation up to be destroyed. Yeah. That's guilty. Not, that's, he's guilty. He's so guilty. Listen, I, I get it. You got sucked into to a, by something, by someone else's lies and deceit. But I'm going to hold you accountable to do what's right. See, I see here where God's saying, okay, Abimelech, this is me and you now. Exactly. Yes. And over here, that's, that's me and Abraham. He's an idiot. But don't let... Let, don't let people mess you up about God. Let me straighten you out about people. And so, but also notice, yes, Abimelech was wronged and lied to and led into this situation by deceit. 
And Abimelech could easily go. And he did to a degree. Abimelech said, God, this isn't my fault. I, I was lied to. And God says, okay, yeah, but now that you know the truth, Anything you do from here on out wrong is your fault. And you're accountable. You are, and I will hold you accountable. Yep. And we see this in seven. Now that you know, if you don't restore her, if you don't do what is right, you shall surely die and all of your family and nation, all of who are yours, which would be his family and nation because he's the king. Yeah. So you could take that as a personal, his family, or you can take that as literal, uh, all those that he's over. I think it's all those that is over. Verse 18 gives that indication. It destroys his whole. Exactly. Yeah. Verse 18 ties it all together. Don't you love the Bible? Oh, okay. See, all what's right. happening now, uh, for those of us who listen in, we're, we're not just giving a little outline from this chapter. We're engaging in the text. Mm-hmm. We are, uh, you know, we're there. We're uh, showing the humanity of it, too. Yeah. It's like we're there, and we're facing these decisions. Yeah. And then we're applying it to our life because we're going to have moments where we're outside of boundaries a little bit. And then our thinking's going to get a little stink and fear kicks in. And then we're going to do more stupid things. So we're learning from the text and we're applying it as we go. Absolutely. And it's so applicable to today. <laughs> yeah. Because we see God holding everyone accountable. Those who were wronged innocently. And God says, okay, but now you're not innocent. Now you know. So I'll hold you, I'll hold you accountable. So Abimelech loses his excuse. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's without. Uh, and then Abraham, Abraham's coming back into the to the event that's unfolding here, and God's going to hold Abraham accountable as well, uh, and, and kind of in a different way. But here we go, verse 8. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, and if you notice, Abimelech took care of it first thing. Right now. First thing. This isn't a delay. God called him to do something, and Abimelech realizes the the importance of being obedient here because it's not just him that'll pay the price. It's his entire nation and family will pay the whole price. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. They're like, Oh, junk Abimelech. You're the king. Don't let us down, Bubba. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. you go take care of this. Don't be stupid here, King. <laughs> Praying for you. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let pride get in your way. You better go because here Abimelech has to go to Abraham and ask Abraham to pray on his behalf to forgive him of something he knew nothing about. You could say, as the king, I got to... But Abimelech knew God, heard God, and listened to God. I see the connection between the battle that he's facing, the... Decision he's got to make, how he's got to, he's got to rise up and, and take care of this. That there's a lot more at stake than just him and in his relationship with God. It, our relationships with God affect everybody that loves us, everybody that's in our circle, everybody that's watching us, and so uh, pressure's on. It is. So here we see, verse nine, and Abimelech called Abraham and said to him. What have you done to us? And and I use that tone because I am sure Abimelech is being obedient, but I am also sure that he does not appreciate what's been done. Yeah, he uses the word us, not not me. Exactly. And which shows his compassion for his his kingdom. Yeah. Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom? A great sin. You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. Very clear. Remember when it, when when God said, 
uh, you and yours, it was the entire kingdom. Right there, Abimelech clarifies it. So, see, guys, listen. I tell people all the time, when you when you read the Bible, you have to read in context. Who's doing the writing? Who are they writing to? Why are they writing? That will keep you in context of their thoughts. Then you you figure out what's going on. Now you know the tone of what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. And so here we see with uh, Abimelech, and, and we're looking at the whole chapter because now you can't just pull one verse out. You have to pull uh, the whole thought of the passage out. And so what we've done is we've put the whole chapter here, and if you apply these principles to everything in Scripture, you're going you're gonna to land like we have here with this, and it's going to be a beautiful moment for everyone. Mm-hmm. Verse 10. Then, did you want to say anything on nine? Well, what I wanted to say is that Abimelech was really wrongfully judged by Abraham. Abraham thought the absolute worst, and he kind of made that his reality, right. and it wasn't so at all. Remember, we did a, a podcast on do we have the right to judge others? Yeah, and he, Abraham failed here. He failed because failed. we have the right to judge others, but only when we have the facts before us to make. The, the proper judgment. We can't just judge someone based on appearance or based on what we think or, or social status or anything like that. We actually have to have facts. Well, Abraham had zero facts about Abimelech and yet judged him to the strictest sense. When we read in Romans chapter two, Paul tells the Jews, you tell people not to steal, but yet you're a thief. Right? So why are you holding these people to this standard, but you're not holding yourself to the same? And that's what Abraham did. He judged Abimelech completely contrary uh, to what he should have done. And, and hence, we have the problem we have. So guys, don't judge people. I was talking to a young lady, and she was sharing her, her situation with me, one, uh, how she was just in conflict, what was going on. And, and I told her, I said, listen, if you want to remove the conflict and the problems, and the question marks, and the assumptions, communicate clearly. Just be honest about where you're at and who you are. It it takes out the guesswork, right? And you're safe, obviously, Abraham. Abraham's the patriarch, and he failed on that. He failed. Abimelech's the one who just maybe barely knows God and knows probably more about God than he really knows God, and yet he's doing the right thing. Yeah, right? Think about that. Abraham is God's man to become the father of many nations, and yet Abraham doesn't trust God. He was called, but in, in this spot, not really qualified. But how did you say that earlier? Uh, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm digging our shirts, by the way. I, I look in the camera, and I'm like, we're, dude, we're so twinning right now. <laughs> I think you need to shave your head, and then we'll really be in there. Johnny, don't challenge me. (laughs) Here we go. Verse 10. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you have in view that you have done this thing? What was your motive, man? Abraham, what's your motive that you have decided to destroy my kingdom? What were you after? Listen, Abimelech's calling him out. And I love this. Listen, I'm being obedient to God. God told me to come and and have you pray for me. He hasn't gotten to that point yet. <laughs> but God told me to come to you and have you pray for me. But, man, I want some answers, too. I think verse 11, that just the next verse, the next phrase, 
clarifies it. Abraham said, because I thought. <laughs> Boy, that'll mess you up, won't it? See what happens when you think? Trust in the <laughs> Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him. And Abraham failed on that. Well, I thought. I, I know how it is and other kingdoms. And I know a lot of kings. My wife's beautiful. And he had fear driving him. And, and God says, God ha- he hasn't given us a spirit of fear, right. but a power of love and of a sound right. mind. But Abraham operated on his fear and things went from bad to worse. Yeah. I thought Abimelech, I know how kingdoms work and I know how kings are. And I put you in the same box. Yeah, I judged you falsely. I judged you falsely. Guys, I'm, it's so important that we understand uh, you get to know people. Quit just judging mm-hmm. thoughts and intents of the heart. And one of the things that I found that we really have to be careful of, but being in ministry, I see it all the time, is people will make a judgment against someone else, and they base the judgment because that's really their heart. And why do you consider the beam in the your brother's eye and the and not the the voltage in your eye? Yeah, not the splinter in your eye, right? I I always misquote that, but you Mm, know what I mean. Yeah. And why are you hold other people to a standard you're not willing to hold yourself to? Yeah. Because I thought. I thought. That'll get us into trouble, won't it? Oh, every time. So he says, I thought surely the fear of God is not in this place. I didn't think you were righteous, even though I don't know you to make that. I just assumed. And, of course, you know what happens when we assume. I move on. (laughs) And and he said, I assumed, and they will kill me on account of my wife. My wife is so beautiful that you will kill me to take her. So if I say that she's my sister and I'm the brother, you'll let me live. And yeah, I'll sacrifice her, but you'll let her live too. But it's really more about me because she's so beautiful. You'd have taken her, she'd have lived anyway. He was all about himself yeah, and no trust. God yeah. already told him. God already told him. And he was willing to jeopardize his wife. I know. His wife uh, to try to get himself out of this jam. Uh, I don't know what he thought how this is going to resolve now, now think about so just going to slip out of town some night and just get out of dodge I, I don't know this is weird about 10 years ago they did a survey i can't remember who did the survey i just remember reading it and they did a survey now 15 years ago and in the survey it asked what would you do for 10 million two million dollars for two million dollars what would oh, you do for two million dollars i remember this go on and Literally, I think it was 20 or 30% of the people said, I'd kill my entire family for $2 million. Yeah. I was at camp one time. That's and insane. I, I took a, a, a rat trap, you know, like a mouse trap, only a rat trap. <laughs> that thing will almost snap off a finger. You're talking about that sucker can hurt, you know, and do some damage. It'll do some, it'll break so a bone. Man. I pulled it out and I, I set it on the little platform there where all the kids could see the trap. And I put put a dollar bill under there. Would somebody want to come up here and, and hit that rat trap and, you know, to get that dollar bill and no, and then I put a $5 bill under there. You want to do it now? So now there's six, a five and a one. Is there, and no, and then I put a 10. So there's $16 under there now. Who would like come to, and the boys are starting to buy in. Right. <laughs> Not the girls, but the boys right. are. <laughs> then I put a 20, then I put a 50. And then I put a hundred. So there's like $176, I think under 186 bucks. And now they're and ready now to pretty much the whole camp's ready to go. Yeah, 186 bucks. I'm in girls, boys, everybody. And, you know, thinking that's strange concerning to try you. God wants to test us to see, yeah. do, do we really love him or do we love our own selves right. more? And right. Abraham's failing. He failed here. And one of the interesting things is at $186, 
you realize what their integrity was worth. Have you ever bought anything off of Craigslist? No, so I go on Craigslist. I'm, I'm trying to find this igniter for a furnace to help a lady in our church. And I didn't have the money to buy a new one. So I went on Craigslist and I found a nice one. And so I call the guy, I make the deal with the guy, and then I go pick it up. <clears throat> well, when I go to pick it up, he charged me $10 more than what we agreed on. But I, I needed this igniter, and he knew I needed the igniter because I told him what I was getting it for. So when I get there, and his, his daughter was standing there with him, and I said, really, you're going to charge me $10 more than what we agreed on? And he goes, you need it, I have it. Wow. And I looked at him, and then I looked at his daughter, and I looked back at him, and I said, dude, here's the extra 10 but I'm so sorry, that's all your integrity is worth, 10 bucks. You just sold wow. it for $10. I hope your daughter doesn't do what you do. Handed him the 10 bucks, took the igniter and walked out. He was mad at me. That's what Abraham did, right? He's guilty. He is so guilty, man. He, he sold his wife, sold his integrity, sold his character, sold everything because he was in fear of another man. And this is shortly after God had already told him, you're going to have a child. Sarah's going to give you a, a child. You're going to be the father of many nations. And that faith went right out the window. Yeah, because if you remember, the Lord meets Abraham in chapter 18. And in chapter 18, they sit down and have dinner. Abraham gets the fatted calf because he realizes this is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, you're going to be the father of many nations. Sarah's going to give you a son. How can this be when I'm old? Sarah Snickers in the tent. Remember all this? And then right after the meal, then they go and stand on the mountain because the angels are going to go down into Sodom and Gomorrah, chapter 18. So actually it'd be 17, 16, 17 when when Jesus meets Abraham uh, at the tent. Chapter 18, they go to Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham is uh, praying on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. And then here we are, two chapters later, Abraham's not trusting God. So then you have to ask the question, did he believe God? He was so strong, and now he's so So weak. weak. So fear and doubt trips up the best of us if we're really not careful. Verse 12 says, but indeed, she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother, and she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, this is your kindness that you should do for me. In every place, wherever we go, say of me, he is my brother. Because he knows that if, if he's her brother, he'll live. If he's her husband, the husband has to be killed so they can take the wife. He's sort of using her for his own, uh, his own uh, safety. And manipulating her. Look, because I, because I took you to be my wife, now you owe me this. Not totally fessing up to what he's done. There's so much manipulation here. Now think about this. Look how manipulating Abraham is here. And he's a liar and a deceiver, right? And yet God chose him to be the father of many nations. It shows that God chooses people and then God grows the people into what he wants us to be for his glory. And that's why I said earlier when when I said to you, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. And that's what he does for you and I. And this is just a beautiful example. And God doesn't give up on us, especially when we're his children. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if we're not his children and we run, 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 he'll leave us up to a reprobate mind. But if you're a child of God's, he keeps you in bounds. Yeah. You know, earlier chapters, tested victory, tested victory, tested victory. Chapter 20, tested, not victory, but really neat. This is not the prevailing spirit. In the end, it's victory, though. In the end, it's victory. Yeah. Because of repentance and obedience. And lesson learned. Lesson learned. That's why probably the most hope that I I get out of this chapter. I think God's tried to talk to me in this chapter and said, okay, you've had victory, 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 but you're still in the flesh, dude. You need me every day. Don't you lean to your own understanding. You think, yeah, that. And so this is a warning chapter to me. Right. This is a fire drill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's a fire drill. It is. I'm going to put this in your face to remind you of what you should do should something jump up in in, in your life like this. A wise man learns from his mistakes. A wiser man learns, learns from, from other people's mistakes. <laughs> God wrote this in here for us. Yeah. yeah Abraham yeah. kind of blew it. Now he learned from it and he went on to other fabulous victory. Yeah. And, and so can we. So, okay, we screw up here. We get right. That's what Abraham does. He gets right. He's embarrassed. I think Abraham's saying, Lord, can we leave this chapter out of the Bible? Right. <laughs> so think about your, you just said it. And I agreed with you. I agree with you 10,000%. And, and I'm going to tell you why, because as we read on, Abraham was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. He yeah. got busted, straight up busted in a lie. Yep. How many times have you and I, when we t- have told a lie and then we get caught, Especially like as a child, you know. Still trying to wiggle out here. Still trying to wiggle out of it. Oh, no, 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 no. And it's like, here's the evidence. That ain't mine. Never seen that. <laughs> it's, it's a picture of you taking it. You're on camera. No, no, no. That must be my twin. <laughs> you don't have a twin. Everybody's got a twin. <laughs> Verse 14. Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham. And he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. This was not. Abimelech's sin, but yet it cost Abimelech. But here's the greater picture than it cost Abimelech, right? He, sheep, oxen, male and female servants. He gave him a multitude of stuff, literally made. If Abraham would have been a poor man, when he left with this, he would have been a wealthy man. And I think Abimelech owed him nothing. He owed him nothing. Yeah. But to be right with God and to protect his mm-hmm. people was far more important than wealth. Yeah. Huge point. Far more important. I don't care what it costs me. Take this and go. So I am right before God and my family is safe. And not just my family, my nation. It, uh, Abimelech took the high ground and uh, Abraham on this, in this chapter kind of took the low ground. Not kind of. Yeah. Not kind of. Yeah. Abraham took the ditch. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, he did. He took the trenches, man. He went low. So here we have Abimelech literally makes Abraham a wealthier man than he already is and gives back his wife. Verse 15. And Abimelech said, see, look, pay attention. Okay, I'm adding words in. But (laughs) behold, Abimelech is like, listen. I want you to see. That's what that word see or that word behold in the King James is. Let me get your attention to what I just did. Literally, that's what that word is. Grace, grace, grace. My land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Not 
only did he give him enough stuff to make him a wealthy man, he said, dude, take whatever land you want. I'm going to do whatever it takes because, and, and guys, listen, you need to get this. I tell people all the time that when I'm counseling them and they have problems with people, and I ask them this question, what is more valuable to you, to be right or the relationship? Your decisions will tell your heart. Mm-hmm. And so you can tell me relationship all you want, but if your decisions only try to make you right, then you don't value the relationship. Abimelech valued the relationship with God first and his nation second. And so therefore that was the most valuable thing to him was his relationships. Like you said earlier, Abimelech wasn't wrong. He didn't do anything wrong, but when he realized the situation, nothing was more valuable than his family and his nation. I'm just going to do the right thing. I'm going to go the second mile. Abraham blew it, but I'm not coming down where he's at. I'm not going in the trenches with him. Mm -hmm. Let me encourage you, if you're listening today, no matter what happens, relationships are always more valuable than being right. I value the relationship over being right. This is Abimelech. He's like, listen, I'm right, but I'm going to protect my people, and I'm definitely protecting my relationship with God, and I want to encourage you, your decisions will show you whether you value the relationship over the pride of being right. Yeah. Amen. And so I pray that you always pick the relationship and 15 dwell where, where it pleases you, man, whatever you want. Verse 16, then to Sarah. So, so Vimelech wasn't just done. He didn't just end it with Abraham. He was like, okay, okay, rat. Now that I talk to you, rat S I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> and he says to Sarah, Behold, listen, that, that, that word behold literally means let me have your attention. Behold, I have given your brother sarcasm. <laughs> you think <laughs> I have given, if, if this could have went in quotes, I have given your brother, yeah, brother, a thousand pieces of silver. Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody Thus, she was rebuked. He looked at her and rebuked her because she'd gone along with all this stuff. Dude, she was a participant in yeah. the in the yeah. lies and in, in the deceit. She's mo- less responsible than Abraham, but she's part of this deal. She's, she's part of it, right? And uh, she was a participant, so she's guilty by association and participation. An accomplice. She's an accomplice. Thank you. Yeah. So it's like the bank robber robs the bank. So if you're the getaway driver, yeah, you're guilty. You're guilty. You, you may not have robbed the, the bank, but you sure enough helped the money get away. <laughs> <laughs> Verse 17. So Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female servants. Then they bore children for the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. God got their attention and this is how we know time went by because there's no way, like you said earlier, there's no way that you would know you're pregnant in three weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This isn't a a rough three day weekend here. This Mm. is, this went on for a while. They were living that lie for a while. Like you said, two to six months. Yeah. Not only is it, is it time to realize nobody's getting pregnant, then it's time to realize people are getting pregnant again. 
So there's several months that have went by here. Mm -hmm. It's an amazing chapter. I read it and I I get all these nuggets out of there and these moments is so real. Uh, Human nature is, is, doesn't change from generation from millennium to millennium. Uh, Selfishness is there. The, the old fallen nature, uh, fear and selfishness and greed, all that stuff is always there. But I back off and I say, wow. And I, I know I mentioned some of these things along the path, but God was willing to get his hands dirty. God yeah. was in the details. Abraham's messing up. And I think Abraham's like, Lord, can we leave this chapter out of yeah. the Bible? I said, no, no, we're, so, we're putting that in so there. So how about David when God wrote about David uh, and Bathsheba and the murders and the lies? I'm sure David felt the same way as, yeah. as Abraham. And, you know, God says, no, Abraham, there's there's a couple guys coming down the road, this Johnny guy and Duke, they, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna need this right. to, to draw strength. And we... You see God's long suffering. Yeah, this, this here. is a positive. Okay, so they live through this. We get to meditate on it. This is a positive chapter for you and I to learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I want to point out as we went through and we see all this that happened, God doesn't cast Abimelech away because of his innocent sin, and God doesn't cast Abraham away because of his guilty sin. Wow, huge, 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 Johnny. God takes both of them and lines them back up so that they are right with him and then right with each other. And then God uses that to teach us. One of the things that is probably the most valuable here that we didn't talk about, and I want to mention it before we close out, is the fact that God tells Abimelech, you're going to go tell Abraham to pray for you so that so that the liar will, his prayer will bless your nation. And can you imagine the, the confusion in that for a moment? But yet Abimelech is like, okay, I'm going to do this because I value relationship over being right. He goes to Abraham. God used that prayer to remind Abraham and to break Abraham so that Abraham would fall in line with God. And I want to show you the power of, of prayer. Uh, Abraham prayed for Abimelech. God answers the prayer. Abraham prays for Sodom and Gomorrah and God answers his prayer because God spares the righteous, Mm -hmm. even though he destroys the city. Then we see Samuel who goes and has intercession prayer as well for Israel in first Samuel 12, 23 Moreover, as for me, far it be from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. And so uh, we see Samuel prays for others and says, it's a sin if we don't. Guys, listen, this isn't about who deserves prayer and who doesn't deserve prayer, because the truth is none of us deserve it. Samuel, 1 Samuel 7, 8 says this, so the children of Israel said to Samuel, and I'm going to tell you, those probably the least deserving of prayer is Israel. (laughs) They knew better. Dude, they were so blatant against God, so many, just constant, right? Over and over again. And yet they cry out to Samuel, do not cease to cry out to the Lord, our, our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. I want you to see Moses Moses goes on behalf of the Israelites and the Israelites, again, not deserving of it, but here's what happened through all the sin and all the mess. Moses wasn't perfect. Look, he killed some uh, men. He was a murderer 
and he had a bad attitude, right? And and he and some unbelief because God calls him and he's like, I can't talk. So God gives Aaron to talk for him, right? So we see all throughout Scripture. Well, here's what we see, including in this passage of of Genesis chapter 20 with Abraham Abimelech. We need to go to God on behalf of our enemy, our friend, and our family, no matter who it is. None of us are deserving of God's grace, but yet God desires for us to have intercessory prayer to pray for others, even if we've wronged them or they've wronged us. We want to quickly say, well, it's just me. You know, I messed up. It's, it's just just between me and God. It's, that's not true. That's not true. A lot of people are looking to us. People are leaning on us. People are watching us. And they're going to make their God decisions based upon our God decisions. I call it the, the pebble in the pond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, this is the pebble in the pond effect. Mm-hmm. What we do affects other people. And it affects those closest to us the most, but it still gets everybody on the shore too. Yeah. And so I want you guys to understand it doesn't matter if you're guilty or if you're innocent. What matters is that you're obedient and you're godly. God will honor it. He'll honor your work. He'll honor your efforts. And you know what? He very well may bless your enemy if you pray for him, and then your enemy might become a child of God. We don't know what our prayers do, but here's what we do know. God hears our prayers. He desires our prayers. Sometimes, and I'm going to say this, there are times where fear and doubt trips up the best of us. Great chapter. uh, Lessons learned. And here's my prayer. My prayer is that you are Abimelech in innocence and you are Abraham in attitude of prayer. And you'll be victorious every time. Hey, guys, I hope this has helped you. You've learned. Please like, share, subscribe, follow. And until next week... God bless.